Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the LightningInsider.com podcast. Eric Erlinson here from, well, LightningInsider.com, but... If you're listening to this, you probably already know that. I know it's been uh, probably too long since I've kind of caught up with you guys here on the old podcast scene as we're nine games now into the regular season for Tampa Bay. As I'm recording this, uh, we are through the first month of the season, eight games in October, one game in November, and Tampa Bay now sits with a record of 5-3-1, and and interesting mix of uh, the first uh, three-plus weeks of the regular season that we'll discuss here um, on the show. And the first place I want to start with is the play of Andre Vasilevsky. Now, in conversations I've had with some people in and around the team, it's it's no coincidence, and the numbers are going to back this up in a second, but there's, it's no coincidence whatsoever that the team's recent improved play begins with the improved play of one Andre Vasilevsky. He's a candidate for the Vezina Trophy for a reason. He's a perennial candidate for the Vezina Trophy every year for a reason because he's just that good. And he has the ability, and this is not really much of a secret, but it's always worth reiterating. He has the ability to turn games around. He has the ability to change the complexion of a game completely around. And the best case example of that is the victory against the Washington Capitals back on the 1st of November. Tampa Bay wins that game. By a score of 3-2, to two, Washington takes a lead in the first period. Sort of a fortunate bounce ends up getting behind Vasilevsky as a puck actually went off the stick of Victor Hedman. But it's a one nothing game. And yes, the Capitals were banged up. No TJ Oshie. Nicholas Backstrom has yet to appear in a game to this point in the season. So they're not the same Capitals. They're not the the as potent offensive Capitals. Yes, of course, Alex Ovechkin is still there. Evgeny Kuznetsov is there. John Carlson is there. Dmitry Orlov. They still have dangerous players, but they're certainly not as deep with two of their top six forwards out of the lineup in Oshie and Backstrom. But it's a so it's a one nothing game, and on the opening shift of the second period. You you know you talk about turning points 
in games, and this this happens a lot with Tampa Bay and with Vasilevsky in particular, on how he can just completely change the way a game can go. Because he makes this great save on Tom Wilson, who is open in front, and Vasilevsky, and you've probably heard me say it many times, and I know I've said it many times, there might not be a quicker goaltender in the league who moves laterally across his crease than Andre Vasilevsky. And he showed it once again in that game against the Capitals on that save on Wilson because he's able to get his pushes. He's just got such a strong push across the, the crease. And he snares a Wilson shot attempt. Again, we're talking, I think the score sheet showed it as nine feet. So it's a very enclosed opportunity. But he's able to push across and get his glove out so not only is he making the push across and he makes the type of uh, move with his legs that would rip the groin of a normal human being and flashes his leg out ex- or his arm out, extends that left arm out and catches the puck with his glove. Now it doesn't stay in the glove, but it just shows you how quick he was to get over there that he's able to get a piece of it and make sure it goes wide. And the reason it changed the complexion of the game is because, let's face it, Tampa Bay was a little loose defensively. We uttered that phrase on more than a few occasions. They did give up a, a fair number of odd man opportunities in this game to Washington. But this, this play in particular was some down low coverage, which doesn't seem to be the strength of this team at times, which left Wilson open. So if that puck goes in, you want to talk about a momentum builder for Washington or a um, rally killer for Tampa Bay. Not that they were in the midst of a rally, but down by one, down by two, there's a big difference there, right? There's a difference in how the game can be played, how comfortable Washington could get into their game. But because Vasilevsky makes that save, it stays a one-goal game. Alex Kalorn scores a couple minutes later. Anthony Sorelli cashes in on a five-on-three. All of a sudden, Tampa Bay's up 2-1. to one. Go on to win that game 3-2, thanks to a third-period goal from Braden Point that eventually stands as the game winner. And these are the this is the difference that a goalie can make. So, I mean, it's, it's something that's said a lot in hockey, that show me a good team and I'll show you a good team with a goaltender. Because you can have a lot of talent on your team. You can have a ton of offensive talent on your team. You can have a ton of defensive talent on your team. But if you don't have a goalie who can consistently play at a level to allow his team to win games, it doesn't matter what kind of talent you surround him with. If you can't stop the puck on a consistent basis, can't stop the puck. I, I remember... We're going way back here, circa 2007, 2006, 2007, when the Lightning had uh, moved on from Nikolai Habibulin. He left for Chicago coming out of the lockout year. They had John Graham, who was did not live up to what the expectations was as the number one guy in Tampa Bay. 
and they made the move with Columbus to acquire Mark Denis. And I remember asking a player at that time, hey, you guys got Mark Denis. It looks like you're pretty set in goal, right? And he kind of gave me the, the head nod. Well, I don't know about that. I said, look, he's the guy's facing the 34 shots a night in Columbus. He's allowing three goals. He's giving his team a chance to win a game. And he said, well, I remember a goalie that we acquired at one point earlier in this player's career, and it was the same situation. He came from a team that wasn't really that good, average at best, was facing 35 shots a night, stopping 33, 31 of them a night. Maybe he comes here, he's facing fewer shots, he has a better opportunity to win games and help help the team win a game. And his comment to me was, well, he came to us, and he's facing 22 shots a night, still allowing three goals a game. And this was before Denis had even set forth and, and played a game. This was shortly after the trade uh, was made, and Denis hadn't yet to show up in camp. So it's kind of a cautionary tale that uh, an average goaltender can make an above-average team look average. An above-average goalie can make an average team look above-average. And I'm not saying the lighting are above average. You know, you don't win championships on goaltending alone. We know the pedigree. We know the the NHL record five consecutive series that Tampa Bay has won. Vasilevsky has pitched a shutout in those five games, twice in the Stanley Cup final. So we know everything is there. But what a, a goalie like Vasilevsky is able to do is that when the team is not at their best on a on a night here or there, he can make those saves. And he can give his team a chance. We've seen it dozens and dozens of times in Vasilevsky's career that he can do that. Because there are plenty of times where this team does not get off to a great start, look kind of slow and sluggish, but if Vasilevsky's on his game, well... The firepower and the abilities are certainly there with Tampa Bay to support their goaltender. Sometimes all he needs is one. Some nights he needs two or three. Or like nights in Detroit, he needs seven, but that's that's a rare occurrence. So just to kind of put some perspective on what Vasilevsky has done and how much of a a treat it is to watch this guy... You know, I've said many times, Lightning fans are spoiled because of the success that this team has had over the past really eight years. Because there wasn't a lot of success between 1992 and 2014. Yeah, there's the Cup, obviously, in 2004. The only other times they made the playoffs was 96. Of course, they lost to the Philadelphia Flyers in round one, Eric Lindros and company, the Legion of Doom. Then they don't make the playoffs again until 2003, and that was kind of the the quick rise of the Brad Richards, Vinny LeCavalier, Marty St. Louis, Freddie Modine, Paolo Kubina, that group of players. In 03, they win their first ever series by beating Washington and then go on to lose to eventual champion. New Jersey win the cup the next year, Lockout in his 05. 
They make the playoffs in 06 as an 8 seed, get knocked out by Ottawa in five games. Make the playoffs in 07 as a 7 seed, get knocked out by New Jersey. And then it's there's no playoffs in 8, leads to Steven Stamkos. There's no playoffs in 09, leads to Victor Hedman. No playoffs in 10, the, the unexpected run to the Eastern Conference Final in 2011. No playoffs in 12, no playoffs in 13. So the success was sporadic and short-lived. You've had going on near a decade now of sustained success for this franchise and this team. And I hope everybody, and there are plenty who do, appreciate this era of Lightning Hockey and the talent that is on this team. Victor Hedman, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point. Not generational talent per se, but they have a generational goaltender. To understand what it means to watch him night in and night out, at some point you're going to realize how much Andre Vasilevsky means. And to put it in perspective again, that start against the Capitals was his 300th career start. Doesn't seem like much, but remember goalies don't play every game. Seems like it sometimes with Vasilevsky, but goalies don't play every game. And he's only been the, the full-time starter since midway through the 17 season, right? So 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21, 20, 22. So this is his sixth year as a starter, if I did my math right, as the full-time starter. He's been a Vezina finalist each of his years as a full-time starter. And he's still he's probably still not at his the peak of his career. But again, 300 career starts. And the victory in that game against the Capitals was the 195th of his career. 195 wins, 300 career starts. The only other goaltender in the history of the NHL with more victories through 300 starts in their career is Ken Dryden. And think of the teams that Ken Dryden played on. Those famed, vaunted Montreal teams who were pretty much a dynasty from the time Dryden entered the league. Those late 70s teams. And yes, Vasilevsky has had the advantage, the modern-day advantage of shootouts three-on-three overtimes. So there is that advantage on his side. But it's still a pretty remarkable number when put into historical perspective to have 195 wins through 300 career starts, the second most. And Dryden had 196. So he's one off from having the most wins ever through 300 career starts. I, I just... I just hope I hope the fans of this team understand the era of hockey that they're watching. And I've covered the team, I've been around the team for 20 years. And I saw a lot of those lean years. I was in the stands for periodic games during the lean years. Did get to go see the first ever home playoff game in 1996. A game they won in overtime. Selavolov! Selavolov! With the winner. Remember that game quite vividly. 
saw a number of games at the Thunderdome. So I saw a lot of the lean hockey, and it's 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 a blessing to watch players like Vasilevsky lead this team through this era of hockey here in Tampa Bay. Now, having said that, here we sit, eight games into the regular season, nine games, sorry, as I'm recording this. Again, the five, three, and one record. Slow start, didn't look energetic against the Penguins on opening night, banner raising, all that. The odd 13-goal game against Detroit. You know, but you could slowly kind of see them getting themselves back up to the type of team they kind of need to be to have success. And you're not going to have it every night. You know, I had on one of my appearances with uh, Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher early on, somebody called into the show and said they, he just didn't see the hunger of this team. And, you know, my response to that, and my response doesn't change, but my response to that was, well, you can't, you can't have that type of hunger in October or you'll be famished by the time you get to April. You won't have it, you won't be able to chew anymore. Didn't say those words at the time, but that's essentially what it is. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. It's understandable for a team, and think of the amount of hockey they have played in one calendar year from the start of the bubble in July of 2020 all the way through to the Stanley Cup final in July of 2021. And it's remarkable to sit here and think that when they reported to training camp to start the 21-22 season, it had not been a calendar year and they had won two cups. Think about that. They won two cups in less than a span of a calendar year and were already beginning the defense of the third one, or the third season and the defense of the two cups before you got to the one-year calendar mark of that 2020 championship. So obviously nobody had even come close to playing the amount of games that the Lightning did. And it, it's, it's a difficult climb. There's a reason that this trophy is so hard to win. And there's a reason it took the Lightning so long to get there. It's not easy to be at the level you need to be at to win back-to-back cups. And you're, it's hard to get that right off the bat when you think of all the hockey the team has played. And there's still a work in progress. As I talked about in my season preview, that with so many new faces, with younger players being elevated and asked to take on expanded roles, that it wasn't, it wasn't going to take place overnight. There needed to be some adjustment time for that to happen. And we're not even there yet. We're not even close to where we're at. You know, you don't know how seasons are going to go. I mean, if you would have sat there on January 13th earlier this year and said that Ross Colton would be a regular in the Lightning lineup and he'd score the series clinching goal, no way. No way. And anybody who says otherwise isn't paying attention. Ross Colton was there. He was on that cusp, right? Like the number of players were kind of right on that borderline of making the NHL. 
But there's no way anybody, even the Lightning coaching staff, management staff, scouting staff, could have predicted that Colton would come up and have the impact he did last year. But he did. So you sit here and and you watch how the team is playing in October. And you understand and hopefully you realize that you've got a number of months to go before you even get to the end of the regular season. Which is not come until the end of April. Remember, you've got the Olympic break this year. Three weeks in February. So they're far from a finished product, but you're seeing some signs. And even in the absence of Nikita Kucherov, who we now know will be out until after Christmas at the earliest. So now you have to adjust to life without one of the top five offensive players in the game. So you have to survive and adapt to figure out how you're going to win games. And munch points. It's a phrase I've said. John Cooper says it. The key in the early stages of the season is to find things that work and make sure you're gaining points in the standings while you're going through that. And it's not simple. It is a process. The process is not always there. But it's trying to be consistent. I think Derek Lalonde has used the phrase, form winning habits. So that's what a lot of the early season is about and make sure you're you're finding ways to get points. And that's what the Lightning have done. I mean, you can sit here through the first nine games and you might be able to point out two or three where you say, yep, 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 yep. That's how they're supposed to play. The game in Pittsburgh where they had a really good start to the game, were rewarded for it, and then had to hang on. I still say the game in Buffalo. A lot of people will disagree with me because of the what this final result looks at. They played a really good game in Buffalo. They made some poor decisions with the pocket times, but they overall they played a really good game. Arizona didn't have the best starts, but took advantage of some Arizona mistakes, jump out to the big lead, and then lock it down after that. That's, that's sort of the formula that they want to have. Probably not start that slow, but that probably is the formula they want to have. But you can't sit here and say that they've had a lot of those type of games this year. Even the game against Washington, they weren't at their best. And that's where that whole conversation about Andre Vasilevsky comes into play. But they found ways to win games, to gain points, to grab points in the standings. And that's really what you have to do. Now, as I sit here and record that, or this episode, there's a test coming up. Starts in Toronto. The Leafs winning three consecutive games, facing a Lightning team that's won three consecutive games, division rivals. First meeting between the teams since March 10th of 2020. Remember, that was the last game for Tampa Bay before the pause. It was in Toronto. Obviously, their first pit, uh, first trip back to Toronto since they were there in the bubble. John Cooper talked about that the other day. And the memories that will no doubt come back. As he said, he remembers exactly where everything was and where everybody was during that game one against Columbus. And then you have Ottawa, a much improved Ottawa team. Not necessarily a playoff team, but an improved and more competitive Ottawa team. And then you've got to go through playoff central because Tampa Bay will face in succession the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers, 
and the New York Islanders. That's on a Tuesday, a Saturday, and a Monday. So they have to go through the three teams they knocked out in the opening three rounds of the playoffs last year. So they get a tough little stretch here coming up. And, you know, something I wrote about, and you can read it at lightninginsider.com, is, you know, I talked about experimenting or getting to feel for things. How are things, you know, going to work out? Where are guys going to fit? What are the roles going to be? And one of the biggest question marks we had going into training camp and into the start of the regular season was what was the penalty kill going to look like? No Yanni Gord, no Barclay Goodrow, no Blake Coleman. So a PK that finished, you know, top five in the league last year and in the playoffs last year was going to be without three key forwards that killed a lot of penalties for them. So you sign Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who has killed penalties in the past. He's great at winning face-offs. So you knew he was going to be part of it. But they put paired him together with Matthew Joseph, and those two have been great. And you can read about their instant chemistry at lightninginsider.com. Hit on the Daily Charge link, and you'll find that story there. But that's kind of that's what things are about in the early stages of the season. And you're going to face some tough challenges along the way, especially when you're the defending champions. And that's where this team is at right now. What we, what we see now is far from a finished product. Is not how the team is going to play down the stretch. We know offense tends to be a little bit more abundant in the early stages of the season. Teams start to tighten up defensively, not only because points start to matter more. And let's face it, points count the same in October as they do in April. But the, they matter a little bit more as you get down the stretch. So teams tend to not only tighten up defensively, but they start to have their systems down. So those winning habits that was just discussed involving Derek Lalonde and what he said, and those winning habits are playing good defense. And let's face it, it's about getting your structure and your system down to you know habitual situations like you know exactly where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to get there you know you've heard the phrase or maybe you haven't but you know there's a phrase that says the regular season in a lot of ways is a dress rehearsal for the postseason now you got to get there you got to get to the playoffs to call it a dress rehearsal you know but for a team like Tampa Bay it kind of is a dress rehearsal and we're only nine games in to that, right? So we don't know how things are going to transpire. Injuries are already taking its toll. The injury to Kucherov, you know, guys have missed practice for maintenance days and stuff like that. So, you know, though you're going to have to deal with those things throughout a season. We know that. I mean, in 2017, they missed the playoffs, coming off an appearance in back-to-back conference finals, because of injuries primarily to Steven Stamkos and Ryan Callahan. So you never know what kind of toll those are going to take on a season. But in a perfect world, if you have everybody, then that's what the early stages of the season are about, is building to the type of team you think you need to be when you get to April. 
when you get to May, this year it's, it's basically May as the regular season goes through the end of April. You know, it's it's another late calendar year as things are not quite back on track as, you know, the Stanley Cup final could go all the way through the end of June, latest possible date. But we've just hit November. We're only a month into the season. The biggest sign for me to take out of what we've seen from this team, yeah, they've had bouts of inconsistencies. They still need some better discipline in taking penalties. You know, there's still too many turnovers with the puck, some poor puck decisions, which has been something that's plagued this team in the past. But the the one thing you have to like what you've seen so far is those habits, here we go again with that word, habits of understanding what it takes to close a game out, to win one-goal games. You know, the game against Pittsburgh locked it down in the third period. Against Arizona, locked it down in the third period. Against Washington, after the Capitals cut it to 3-2, locked it down. Didn't give much. I think it was the game against Pittsburgh. I think. Memory's fuzzier these days than it used to be, but off the top of my head here as we talk, I don't think they allow the Penguins a shot on goal for 13 minutes, 9 minutes, something like that. You know, so they've shown that pensions, that championship pedigree, championship pedigree that helped them win back-to-back cups. It was learning how to win tight games, stay within yourself, and then lock it down. You know, their formula is get the lead, build the lead, protect the lead. Easier said than done, especially in this league. But that's their quote-unquote formula. Get the lead, build the lead, protect the league. And I know people hate hearing about 2019. You're sick of it. You're over it. Blah, blah, blah. Don't want to hear it anymore. Well, it's, it's always going to be a part of this team's history. You can't escape that. But again, I, I go back to game one of that series against Columbus and a comment that John Cooper made after the game. Some of you have heard me say it before if you're new to listening to me then this is something that's going to hopefully give you some perspective here. When they were up 3-0 in that game, after the first period, here they go, 62-win team, on their path to the cup final, they're blowing out their first opponent in the first game. Well, they were so busy chasing the fourth goal in that game, forgot about not giving up the first one against. Wasn't in shutdown mode. They chased the game for the wrong reason. And it's something that John Cooper said after the game. And it's resonated with me in covering and following this team since that date, you know, three years ago, almost three years ago now. As a a turning point, a... the, the, The right word escapes me here. Epiphany. It was their epiphany. It was the moment when they ended up losing that series 
they could go back and look on and said, this is the mentality we need to change. They didn't need to score a fourth goal. It's all about winning a game. Nobody's going to ask how you won it. There's no style points for winning games, but there's a formula for winning games. And again, going back to that game one against Columbus in 2019, that's where the formula started to kind of come together for this team. And two years later, you've got two cups. So I guess in a long-winded way of saying things, don't judge a team in October for how the season's going to play out. I mean, wasn't it just a couple years ago the Sabres were on a 10-game winning streak? They won 10 straight games. You know how hard it is to do in the NHL? A little easier with shootouts. But it is hard to win 10 consecutive games in the league. Sabres didn't make the playoffs. In fact, they finished down in the bottom third as they tend to do every year lately. So it's about building up, finding roles for players. And this is where I think John Cooper excels, is he's able to find those roles and define those roles and the players buy in. That's how you get a Barclay Goodrow who was brought here to play a specific role. He came in and he excelled at it. Yanni Gord, same way, as he built himself up to what he's at now. So that's what the early stages of the season are about for Tampa Bay. Find your roles, define your roles, play your roles, understand your roles, and develop the habits. Now the guy in net allows that process to not necessarily put the team in peril, right? Because he can win you games when the team's not at its best. As they go through some of those, it's hard to call them growing pains, but each season takes on its own identity. Each season takes on its own personality. So the presence of 88 allows that process to play out without putting the team in a situation to where they're in danger in terms of the season, right? So so I guess that's what I'm saying. Nine games in, you know what that means? 73 more to go. Long way to go. A lot more analyzing will take place. A better understanding of who this team is will certainly take place. And then we'll continue to kind of look at this throughout the regular season and see where they are at in this process. Remember, in 2019, 2020, the 2019-2020 season, they were uh, just over 500 team in December. They faced the Canadians, the first game coming out of the Christmas break. Just got steamrolled in the first period, right? I think shots were 20-1. to People were asking, hey, is John Cooper going to be fired tonight? And they go on to win that game, and it was the second game of a 10-game winning streak. So let things play out a little bit, get a better feel and a better understanding of who this team is. You've got rookies and Boris Kachuk, Alex Barry Belay now back, along with Taylor Radish in the lineup trying to find their ways through the league. 
You've got a uh, Ross Colton with an expanded role over last season. You've got Matthew Joseph with an expanded role playing top six right now, specifically without Nikita Kucherov in. He's a top penalty killer, roles he hasn't been asked to do before. So those things take time to develop and figure out roles. And who knows? By January, you could see a Simon Rifors with a little bit more of a, of a spot on this team. So, again, the regular season, especially the early stages, is trying to figure out who you are, what you have, and then make sure you're, trying, you're, you're gaining points while you're doing it. So, again, that's my long-winded approach to the first part of this season. All right, don't forget, you can find my written work at lightninginsider.com. Go to the homepage. The first thing you see sliding across the scale is how to sign up for the website. There's two plans. There's a monthly plan and there's a yearly plan. Uh, don't forget, every Wednesday I appear with Jay Retcher and Ian Beckles on the Beckles and Retcher Show in studio from 4 to 4.40 p.m. So make sure you tune in and catch that. Take calls. We take calls during that. So if you have a question, please call in. Say hi and uh, hit me up with your best question. Um, I'll be doing some last call hosting as I fill in for Jay when he's not available. So check that out after games as well. I've already done two of those. My next appearance uh, on the last call will actually be on the day after Thanksgiving. Seattle Kraken are in town, so I'll have last call hosting duties alongside Brian Engblom for that. Uh, So thanks, as as always, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Give it a five-star review on Apple. It's available wherever you get it. Thanks for all the support and everything else. I'll be back with another podcast in the near future. Thanks, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.